This is the Ezra podcast. We got a busy fight weekend. Busy fight weekend. Not as big, not as big as Canelo plant. It's not as big as that, but it's a busy fight weekend. There's important fights. There's good fighters. There's storylines to be developed after this weekend. And let's start off with uh, UFC. I always start off with the biggest fight, and I believe this is the biggest fight. Um, Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. And this is the UFC saying, okay, Yair, are you for real? I think that they, they did a good job bringing him along. You know, the UFC doesn't, they're not the, you know, you know the most brilliant matchmakers that kind of just go off their own ranking system and just go, who's next? Which is a system that works. So I'm not criticizing it. It's a system that works. And Yair has worked his way to this position. Now Max Holloway is a guy who is not the champion's division, but could still be, the, one of the best fighters in the UFC and still not being champ um, controversially uh, some people have controversially that he lost the second fight to Volkanovski but he is on a run right now his boxing uh, and we I just posted my top five boxers in the UFC and I had Peter Yan and then number one I had Max Holloway number two Conor McGregor number three um, Jose Aldo which I think people are overlooking his boxing I think that Jose Aldo has made a shift to boxing uh, a lot more later in his career and I think that has to do with the his leg not being able to take the damage that it once did with the leg kicks. And I had number five, Nate Diaz, which I never thought was questionable, but I think people are definitely more down on Nate Diaz. Um, he's not helping himself by fighting in the wrong division and taking the losses that he is. But Nate Diaz is a guy that solely uses boxing for his stand-up technique, and he's very effective with it. And maybe it doesn't look the way that you think. Um, technique only, you know, technique is fine. A lot of guys look good hitting the pads in the bag. But if you look at a guy like Cody Gambrant, uh, who, uh, you know, if you look at him shadow box, you look at him hit the pads, you think, oh, wow, this guy can really box. Um, but when he gets into the ring, it, it doesn't look like that. And when the shots are firing back in live action, he, he diminishes. He looks a lot less of a fighter. So his technique's fine, but it, it doesn't apply. When you have a guy like Nate Diaz, who's uh, able to walk through the damage, he's able to, um, he's comfortable, he's loose, his stamina is good for stand-up, for his boxing, his his shots are maybe not as technical, but they're effective, and, you know, some of the best boxers, like Madonna, right, Madonna's one of the best boxers in, in his era, you know, one of the guys who gave Floyd one of his hardest fights, he's not technically as good as maybe even Ricky Haddon, but he, because he doesn't look as technically good, doesn't mean he's not a better boxer, that's the thing, is that you wrap your mind around you know, these simple things of like what you can see, but you have to, how is it applied? How is he using it? And ADS is one of the best at using it in the UFC. So Max Holloway, who is one of the best boxers in the UFC, has great stand-up uh, and seems like to be firing all cylinders. When it looked like he might have been in a decline against Volkanovski, now it looks like he's never been better. He's switched up where he doesn't spar anymore. He's just fresh when he gets to the fight. He's 100% confident. And you got to find a guy, Yair Rodriguez, who's 100% confident in his game, but it's not um, nowhere near as as put together as Max Holloway. It just isn't. It's it's still sloppy. Still his striking is sloppy. Still his punches. Um, he relies a lot on his kicks, which I don't think anyone uh, combos off kicks like he does. He combos off kicks very fast. He's very loose. He's very uh, creative. He's very confident in, in the moves he'll do, the chances he'll take. But against a guy like Max Holloway, it's the little things. It's going to go to the little things. And that's what kind of reminds me of the Canelo plant fight. It's the little things that they're doing in there. It's not the major things they're doing. It's the little things. And I don't know if Yair has those little things. I don't think he does. I don't think he has his, his craft put together like that. And I think that this could look a lot like um, the first uh, Ortega fight versus Max Holloway. And I think Max Holloway is going to light up Yair Rodriguez um it's gonna be with punches and it's gonna be he you know he does do it like that nice little front kick to the leg that I, I don't think that was talked about a lot in the guitar uh guitar fight 
that he was using. He was front kicking right above his above his knee to like get him off balance and not let him uh, set up or come forward. And I just think those little things like that that Max does and, you know, not wasting movement, just really everything in his game is just so tight. It's just really going to be effective. And I think Yair might get really kind of exposed in this fight of just not being at that level. Now, if Yair could pull this fight out, right, and Yair uh, looks impressive and does it with, like, one of his spinning kicks, spinning back heel, you know, uh, you know the, the counter... Uh, up elbow he lands on the Korean zombie something like that I mean you, he, he's like right there the borderline to being a star you know your year is right to the borderline a star he just doesn't have the big win to put him in the title contention to put him with the, the top guys but his last performance he looked good he just gets sloppy and it's like against a certain level he could look very good but against a guy like Max I just can't see the uh, the mistakes that he makes they're just really gonna, they're gonna put a spotlight on it. it's gonna really stand out and max is really gonna make you pay for it i just can't see that i think max is gonna put the hands to him um early and often in this fight i think he's gonna apply pressure and i just think that the stuff that yeah you're gonna want to do is just gonna get burnt out and the spinning and the creativeness and it, all that's not gonna really be there and it's never gonna be uh, a big opening for him in this fight and i just think that he succumbs to the pressure and takes a beating, and I think run the fourth round, expect to run a stoppage, a TKO stoppage. And Max Holloway probably gets the next title shot. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, I don't know why they're having this fight. Max should just get the title shot next. And I, I get what you're saying, but, you know, it's, it also his last two, you know, he, he has a win over uh, Cater, but, you know, he, he did fight the champ twice and has lost, you know, defended his belt and lost. And then when the rematch, he lost. So, it's it's okay for him to have to really you know forget to get the win we get the winner cater and then b- beat Yair and really just build up the fight I think that's this is okay move I think it's okay fight for him my counter for Yair is um he needs to make his kicks uh his kicks like he needs to have kicks to the body he needs to keep Max home he needs to have some kind of respect factor for Max right and he needs to um, have the movement and walk Max into his strikes. But the same thing with the Sanhagen is like these guys that are creative like this, at a certain level, you, you can't do that because, first of all, the energy that's burnt with these moves, right? But also, it's just too much on it. It's too much motion. It's, it's, these guys can see it. There's too many towels. And against a really good guy, they're not going to do that. And you're going to walk into big shots. You can't do that. So he's going to have to be a little bit more put together in his offense. Now, he's not going to want to get into a boxing match, right? So I would stay away from trying to flurry with your punches, but definitely mixing them in. But it's going to be a lot on your kicks. And it's going to be a lot on controlling that distance, being able to move around the ring, um, in the cage, being able to walk uh, Max into shots. And I think it's going to be a lot with the body kicks. I think body kicks are going to be very important for him in this fight. And that would be the strategy. I would say you're going to tear apart his body we're going to let the hands go in part, right? But usually set up off of kicks and we're not going to get flurries with him. But I'm taking Max TKO stoppage fourth round to get his title, another title shot against Volkanovski, which is a great fight, especially because the improvements made from both fighters to get to that spot. It's, it's just an excellent fight. Now we go to the boxing card that, uh, one of the box cards we have this weekend, we have uh, Jamie Mongia, Jaime Mongia, not Jamie, Jaime Mongia versus Gabe Rosado. And this is a fight, this is great matchmaking. Um, in boxing, you know, you have the, you know, UFC have the ranking system. I said, like, they just go in that. And that works. That's, if boxing did that, we'd have much better fights more consistently. But in boxing, you got to get creative. And there's so many different promotions and fighters everywhere that you don't always have, you know, everyone at, you know, you don't have everyone in front of you that you can match up with. It's very difficult. 
So this fight's like this, very creative and very smart. And you got Gabe Rosado coming off of a big upset over uh, uh, King Beck or Big Beck or whatever Beck's name is, which was a Golden Boy prospect, um, who was fast and powerful. And Rosado, who's not known as the biggest puncher, lands maybe probably the KO of the year on him. And Rosado, who is fighting his whole career to get the big win, and he's come close numerous occasions and fought tough against very, good, very, very high-level fighters, finally gets a big win, and he gets it late in his career. And he probably should have had the fight before against um, Dan Jacobs, but he didn't get the decision that he definitely deserved. And now he gets a big win uh, over you know a guy coming up, and now he gets the Jaime uh, Mangia fight. And Mangia, who definitely has a lot of... Uh, you know, eyes on him, I would say, uh, definitely someone that people are excited about as far as like, uh, the, you know, Mexican fans, I think that they got behind him at one point, you know, he was considered like a future challenger to Canelo. I think that's definitely slowed down a little bit, but I think he could get right back up there, especially if he looks extremely impressive in this fight. And this is the kind of fight similar to Yair Rodriguez, uh, who is also from Mexico, um, it's a like show me fight. It's a you know, are you for real? This is the fight because once he fights Gabe Rosado, and if he wins this fight, there's no stopping it anymore. You can't go back to the fights he was having. You can't go back to, you know, still bringing him along. No, he he he. That's this is his his welcome. This is his uh you know coming out party. This is it. This is showing that you were at that level for the Triple Gs, for the Charlos, uh, Maradas. This is what this is. And Gabe Rosado, who I think it is goes in tough with anyone. Right, I don't, I'm not a guy that I oh, uh, imagine like, oh, this guy's gonna run through him because he just doesn't. He's just crafty enough. He's tough enough. He has just enough ability to make it, you know, a competitive fight with basically anyone who's not elite, elite. And I don't think Jaime Mangia is elite, elite. I think I have questions if he's very good. I have questions if he's a a good fighter. There's a lot of things there. Now I see improvements in Golden Boy. At promoting is very underrated. I think they're one of the better promoters. Um, don't have the the you know they they hurt themselves with Delahoya. We hurt himself by losing Canelo. But when they do when they are on their game, they, they do very good job and they've done a very good job to get uh, Mangia to this point against Gabe Rosado. And this is the perfect opponent for Mangia to really make a you know to really show what he's got, but not to overmatch him. Because honestly, if Gabriel Zano is going to win this fight, it's most likely going to be off of just craftiness and tricks of the trade and kind of boxing. And it's not going to be like, oh, he's just really pounding him out. Even though he landed the big KO last time, I I just don't see that. I don't think that's going to happen consistently. Consistently. Uh, in Gabriel Zotto's, you know, going forward in Gabriel Zotto's career, which is, you know, coming to the end of it, you know, but if he could string this fight along, who knows? He'd get another big fight. Gabriel Zotto, like I said, is not... He's a name enough to where you could put him in there and be like, okay, that you, everybody knows Gabe Rosado. He's, he was in a Creed movie. But he's not like tough enough to where like people are going to avoid him. So he's like in a really sweet spot if he could win this fight. He's in a good spot getting this fight. You could probably get a decent payday for it. And he's in a sweet spot if he wins this fight. Because he will have options. He's not really, and he's not really tied to anyone. So he can go fight Triple G. He can go fight uh, Charlo. He can, he, he'll have some, you know, there will be a Demetrius Andrade matchup is interesting. Like, there will be things for him. Some good paydays. This fight that means a lot for both guys in their career. Now, what do I see about from Magia? Is that he's very strong. We know that. He has good power. Um, he's getting better. Like, he, he's definitely 
his feet are a lot better than what they used to be. They're, I believe Eric Morales still trains him, and I can see the improvements. I can see Eric Morales doing things that are making him better as a trainer, making him better as a fighter. Definitely, uh, you know, limited defense, but I think that he knows his limitations. So, like I said, he's getting better. He's definitely going to come straight. He's going to look to do land big shots. He's going to look to put pressure on you. And Rosado is going to look to be tricky and avoid that action and fight in, sp- in sp- spots, but not consistently. Look to hold, and it's going to be who can apply their game. And that's why these fights are interesting. I think Monkey is going to win this fight. No, I think at first it might be a little bit slow. I think that eventually he will find his distance and when to attack. And when he does, I think he'll open up Gabrizado, who is open to cuts and doesn't respond with a little damage, especially this late in his career. I just think that before Gabrizado landed that knockout, he was taking a beating in that fight. And that's just the truth of it. Now, he saw the opening because he's experienced and been doing a long time, and but because Beck was giving it to him. I don't think Monkey is going to give it to him that easy. He doesn't have the key flaw like that. You kind of have to earn it to get it, my gear. I don't think Gabriel Zotto has what's left to earn that type of win anymore. I'm going to take Mangia to win this fight. TKO stoppage, I would say around the ninth round. And I'm going to call it due to cuts. I'm going to call it that specific because I'm really confident in it. Now, what's the counter for uh, Rosado, right? Well, it would be a lot on Mangia just not being the skill level to figure out the, the, the old crafty tricks that Rosado's going to bring. Uh, Rosado avoiding a fight for like the first four to five rounds is very important. A lot of holding on the inside, not letting them work, and just picking shots. And get to a point where it's like a, it's a stalemate. It's stalled. Stall this fight as much as possible and look to steal rounds, similar to the Danny Jacobs fight. And you would say like, well, Munguia's not going to ever stop or he's not going to slow down. Rosado has the kind of skills where, and fighting style to where it could just put a halt in where it's like one guy can't get going in a lot of holding in an ugly fight. I think Rosado, that would be the best way of winning this fight. I'm not seeing that happening. I think that might happen early, but I think Munguia will come on late. The next and last fight I'm going to talk about this weekend is David Benavides, who could be and is in the running to be Canel's next opponent. Versus Kyron Davis. And Kyron Davis is a late replacement for Uzagaki, who um, pissed hot. And uh, Uzagaki, who, you know, was Caleb Plant's biggest win, was now going to be a stay-busy fight for David Benavides. Now he has Kyron Davis, who came off a fight that he should have beat Durrell. And he got a draw for it. And then you saw Durrell, and he, he you know, he had a, a, a decent, you know, not a little bit overrated of a win, but a big decent performance, I guess, in the Canelo undercard. And it, I think this is a tougher fight for David Benavides. I really do. Now, I don't think Cameron Davis is going to win. I, I think it might not even truly be um, that competitive. But I think it's still a better fight than Uzgahu, who doesn't look like he had much left. For some reason, it what he was showed when he beat Anthony Durrell, right? Oh, I'm sorry, he beat Andre Durrell. Um... He just didn't have it after that. And when he fought Plant, he lost. And then he fought again after that and lost. Cameron Davis still believes that he could do something in the sport. He still believes in himself. Still believes in his skill. And he's a, he's a strong guy. He, his style was... It's bad for ben, It's it's a bad matchup for himself versus Benavides because Benavides wants to come forward. He, he wants to build the momentum coming forward. And Cameron Davis is going to move backwards. And he's not that... You know, athletic, athletically gifted to be like where he's not. David Benavides is not gonna be able to find him. He's gonna be able to find him. 
He's just gonna Davis is just gonna be moving backwards, and David Benavides is gonna have to you know move to catch him. But it's not like Cameron Davis is uh, upper body movement. He's not slick. He, he's kind of really straightforward. He's got a uh, big upper body. He's very strong. Big uh, biceps, which kind of you know when you see that, it kind of limits your movement in boxing. He doesn't have any head movement. He's gonna fight you know uh, defensively aware. But his guard is in in, in, in pen, uh, in unimpenetrable. What the hell word am I looking for? Who the hell knows? It's not his guard is not going to shut down Dave Benavides, whose offense coming forward is very creative. I think this matchup right here is just going to be Dave Benavides coming forward, and I think that the first few rounds might be interesting. But then Benavides is going to flood him with offense, and the guard where Cameron Davis misses key parts of it, he's going to get hit inside of the head and he's going to get hurt. And I think that Dave Benavides kind of bull rushes him around the fourth round and gets a stoppage in this fight. I think the first three rounds could be interesting in this fight. I think there could be some good exchange. I think Davis is going to land some decent shots. But it'll just be too much. And he, the where his flaws are at, that's where Dave Benavides is at his best. Now, what would be the counter for Cameron Davis in this fight? It would be pushing Benavides back. I think Benavides has flaws in his game that are pretty clear to see in my in my eyes. And I think that he's like one of those fighters where I know people think he's very good. But if he got like exposed uh, prematurely to like getting into it with Canelo or, um, you know, I could just see it. There's just flaws in his game. And I think him going backwards is one huge flaw. I, if he, he stumbles backwards, like when he's defensively going backwards, he stumbles backwards. He goes straight back. He stays tall. He can't get any lower. His legs are, he doesn't have the best legs. Um, coming forward is very limited too as well. He really needs to be set to get his offense going. Um, he likes to get against the ropes because the ropes support him, uh, support his legs so he can fight going backwards. But if he's going just straight backwards in the middle of the ring, he can't do anything. If he goes defensive, he can't be offensive with his defensive. Like it's just defensive. Then he has to switch and get the uh, engine going to go uh, forward, right? To go offensive. It's, it doesn't work. It doesn't flow together. It does not. He's either offense or he's defensive. And it's the same problem his brother had. And if you look at his brother sparring, they have a, a certain thing where, like, they'll get a rope and just close up their guard and let a guy just wail on their arms. He does that. He does that in the fights, too. His offense is so special, right, when he's set. And he's so fast and hits so hard. That he, you know, it, he's a problem for a lot of guys. But I just think that as soon as someone says, I could push him back, and if Cameron Davis could push him back with a jab, and get some respect and he's strong and be able to like physically just push him when they get stuck together and physically push him and work off of that he could do some things in this fight but i don't think Cameron davis has it in him to do that and i just don't think he has enough skill and the defensive holes are just gonna be too much for benavides who is elite at something with his offense when it's feet are set and Cameron davis is not elite at anything and he's kind of just okay at some things it's gonna it is gonna stand out. You're gonna see it. Now, if Benavides just destroys Conor Davis and looks impressive, he could steal the Canelo fight next. I think that it looks like it's gonna be Charlo, but Benavides is right there and he wants it next. And if he could do something extremely impressive and people see his size and his offense, it, it, it's an interesting matchup. It's not a hard one to sell versus him and Canelo. I did want to talk about Canelo doing. Um, 800 buys in pay-per-view which is you know amazing number and i know people are saying well you know guys used to do a million or you know uh just comparing old numbers or numbers of floyd mayweather versus uh, logan paul which i don't understand you know mayweather's always sold that's why he's a superstar that 
I don't understand how that's an insult to Canel that Floyd Mayweather sold a million pay-per-views. Yeah, he's a superstar. He's been doing that his whole career. But also, remember, pay-per-view sales are down. Everybody's streaming stuff now. Um, people don't have cable. A lot, a, lot, a lot of people have cable anymore. There's a lot of factors, and the Canel's still getting those numbers. And against an opponent, to me, that I don't think, you know, it wasn't a Miguel Cotto, it wasn't a Floyd Mayweather, it wasn't a Triple G. That's That's amazing. With the going against UFC trying to put their big guns out on a card, and I did say this going into this thing that I first of all, well, now that we know that the boxing UFC correlation of fans, it, it they don't really relate, but also it's always going to be the star power. I know the UFC really believes in their brand, and I don't, I know that they have a certain they set the bar so low what they spend out to their fighters and everything that they know they're gonna, they're making great profit if they sell about 500 to 400 to even 300 pay per view buys. But I just know that when they were saying, well, he, why are they matched up with this? The UFC is going to hurt their number. It's always going to be on star power. And Canelo's a star. And the, the card that UFC put was good. But there's no stars on there. Usman is not a star like Canelo. Kobe Covington is not a star. Rose is not a star like Canelo. None of those people are a star like Canelo is. Canelo is a bona fide superstar. His superstar style pay-per-views. And you can match up against anyone he was going to sell. And this is just proof of it. And now this is Canelo as a free agent betting on himself, like LeBron did when he used to do the one-year contracts. He's just going to get the most money every time out. It's going to be more and more money, and now he's going to get paid even bigger than his biggest guarantee. He's going to keep building, and the run he's about to go on, and the money he's about to make, and building his own promotion. It's all very interesting to watch going forward. But I just know that star power and matching up with anyone, you better have the star. It doesn't matter, UFC, boxing, who has the star? And Canelo is a superstar, and there's no one bigger unless unless uh, Connor's fighting right now. And I think Canelo's pretty soon going to even get bigger than what he is at this moment. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Ezra Podcast.